Hello and welcome to this episode of the Haiku P podcast. We're into our second series, so many of you already know who I am. But for anyone listening for the first time today, I'm Patricia, your host. This week, I've lots to tell you about. And as always, you'll find links in the show notes on poetryp.com. Today, I've got some news from around the community, a definition of the Japanese aesthetic of mono no oare, and a few examples of the aesthetic in practice, including an attempt from me. And last but not least, an introduction to a poet new to the community, Mani Shanmukham. Let's start, shall we, with a little roundup of news. Tim Gardner, one of our regular contributors, has had his first book of Haibun published by Alba Publishing. It's called The Flint Napper's Ghost. I'll be reviewing it in March, but if you can't wait till then, why not go straight ahead and buy it? The link's on the show notes. Now in the last podcast, the one about childhood, I told you that another of our regular contributors, Goran Gatalicha, had won the Basho An Award in the first Basho An International Haiku Competition in Tokyo. And I promised to tell you a little bit more. Well, first off, this is the poem that was chosen by the judge, Mr. Kai Hasegawa, as his choice of winner. Congratulations, Goran. Thinking of war, wrapped in barbed wire, fragile butterfly. Mr. Hasegawa commented that the association from memories of war to fragile butterfly is excellent. Foreign language haiku, including English haiku, need to be as excellent as a Japanese poem when it's translated into the Japanese, as in their original language. This haiku from Croatia showed a high level of quality for this very first competition. Of course, I can't comment on the Japanese translation, but if you'd like to read it, you can go to the website. Goran also had three haikus selected for honourable mentions. Deep Winter, The Vivid Nudity of Fallen Tree Autumn Clouds Folded in a Handkerchief After Mother's Death First Plum Blossoms Stuck in a Rain Gutter Refugee Camp I wonder whether this last one could be said to be written with Mononoaware in mind. See what you think. So what is Mononoaware? Well, for starters, it's quite difficult for me to say the phrase. I'm always tempted to put the stresses in the wrong place. So if you'd like to hear a native say it, there'll be a link in the show notes for you. I read many definitions of the term, but this is the one that spoke most clearly to me. The Kyoto Journal translated it as the beauty of dying things or the beauty of transient things. So in using it, we're appreciating the beauty and the transience of things, but at the same time, we're not glorifying it. There should still be a hint of sadness to our work. A certain, oh, I don't know, sentimentality maybe? But we should strive not to flood our poems with schmaltz. Here's an example from Basho, translated by Blythe. Ah, summer grasses, 
all that remains of the warrior's dreams. Now many poets use the cherry blossom as a symbol of transience and of course as a kigo or, or seasonal word. Blossoms of course don't last very long, but whilst they exist they can be stunning. Have you ever been to Washington DC in the spring? And I know there are many other places which show spring blossoms at their best. Where's your favourite? I wonder, do we appreciate blossom all the more because we are aware of its temporary nature? Of course, nature gives us many things which arrive and then disappear. Autumn leaves, people, animals, fading flowers, seasons, to name but a few. And here are some examples in practice. This first one by Dakotsu. The dead body, autumn wind blows through its nostrils. And this by Tegi. Wisteria spray left withered in a vase, wayside in. That one was edited by Adam L. Kern. And here's a more contemporary one from Margot Gallant. Summer's End. I pedal home in the new darkness. And last, and definitely least, a little something from me. The snow hillock cradles a carrot. Winter sun. Next, I have an apology to make. I left someone out of the childhood podcast last time. Oh, when I figured it out, I was absolutely mortified. But I want to make up for it. And so today I'm featuring him, another new contributor to the podcast, Manny Shanmukham. He's a police superintendent in his home country of India. He's written six books, all in the Tamil language. So if there's anyone out there who'd like more details, just let me know, because Tamil is not a language I speak. Manny feels that haiku is the greatest of all poetry forms. Do you agree with him? I think it's interesting sometimes to learn what other people think makes a good haiku. In Manny's case, these are his criteria. Subtlety, depth of meaning, a sense of beauty, a drop of sadness, emotion and a sense of suggestion, allowing us, the reader, to use our imagination. Can you add to these criteria? Or actually maybe you disagree. Let me know. And so to Manny's haiku. Halloween candy, intensifying the demand upon out of sight. Thanks so much, Manny. I know we're going to hear from you in other podcasts. But that's the end for today. Thanks so much for coming along to listen. Let me know what you thought. You know I like to hear from you. And you can contact me via poetryp.com or of course on Twitter at the poetry P. I'm following many of you, but if you're on Twitter and I'm not following you, just reach out to me. The next podcast will be haiku on the topic of sports. Sportku, if you like. The deadline is the 11th of February, so you need to get a bit of a wiggle on if you'd like to submit. I have a number of pieces, but it's always lovely to have more. Please only send submissions by email. Thank you. So, I'm off for a walk in the snow. Take care 
and keep writing. All links should be in the show notes. If there's something missing, just drop me a line and I'll sort it out for you. Bye.